everybody. It's been a while. It's been a while since I've recorded on this thing. It's been a while. It's been a bit. It's been a bit. And every podcast, I sorry, I just blew the mic out like yeah, crazy. You right probably there. just <laughs> recipes headphones. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry. Anyways, hello and welcome to Sick on <laughs> Cinema. I am one half of your head humping subliminal psychopaths, John. I guess I'm your other half, Matt. <laughs> That's a bit of an odd one. And it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Work schedule. Yeah, you. I have had a hell of a week, <laughs> including Two someone weeks, you mean. dumping in the floor at where I work. Oh, yeah. The guy couldn't help it; he was sick. It's true, but alas, who cares about that shit? Because we're recording the podcast. Your headphones are. It's all jacked up, but it's okay. My cord's we're recording all... the podcast. Yeah, I'm not even sure what next week's episode is going to be, and yeah. I have to choose it. I we got to worry about what's going on this episode. This is what's happening now. The church of what's happening. Check that podcast out, too. It's your boy, Joey Diaz. It's your boy. Well, I guess. boy, Nicky boy. I guess we can start off by doing our check-in. What have you been up to? Uh, Work. Well. Inventory. Oh. Contemplating suicide on a daily oh, basis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you need help, John, I'm always here. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> You can always just message me and say, I hate my life over the phone. And be like, me Ladies too, and gentlemen, <laughs> that's what we call a joke. Yes. Don't take that seriously. It's all jokes. All jocks. <laughs> that Those are not necessarily great people. <laughs> no, I hate jocks. But anyways, what have you been up to? I mean, trying to get this YouTube channel started. Oh, God. Shanae the McDonald's were recorded. McDonald's. <laughs> Oh, check them out on it. Been working on the YouTube channel a little yes, bit here and there. Yes, Grave, coming soon. And coming hopefully very soon, but we've had delays there too. Yeah. It's been uh, not a great week, but hey, who cares? What are we doing this episode? We didn't even talk about that. Um, We are doing French Extreme. The first part of the French Extreme. The um, new wave of French horror cinema, if you will. God, I just never realized how big those letters are on the paper. They're huge. But anyways, what movies are we covering in this time? We're covering Bazemoy. Irreversible. And High Tension. Yes. Also, fair warning, when it comes to High Tension, we will be spoiling that movie. So yes, but we will give a warning. warning. Yeah. This is your first warning. This is your first warning. Warning number one. Uno. <laughs> oh, Matt knows Spanish. Look at you, dog. Uno, dos, oh, tres, tres, cuatro, cuatro cinco. Ah, uh, well, we're getting... <laughs> we're getting hate for cultural appropriation. <laughs> ah, we're not racist, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we sound like absolute hillbillies, we're not racist. <laughs> like absolute hillbillies. So if you got questions, comments, or concerns, <laughs> send those our way at sickoncinema at gmail.com. And at the Twitter. The Twitters. If I can get signed back into it. <laughs> I goofed that up really hard. I think I did find the passcode in my notes, by the way. Nice. So it's I'll, what is our Twitter? Our Twitter is Sick on Cinema at, at Sick on Cinema. Yes, at Sick on also Cinema. on Instagram at Sick on Cinema and Facebook dot com backslash Sick on Cinema. And also, Fright Crave has a Twitter. No, oh! us at um, Crave Fright because Twitter goofed us. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have the Fright Crave tag. <laughs> you so. can follow me if you'd like at Bacano eighty nine. Follow me at uh, some some tag on there. DBZFan99. I don't know if that's my Twitter handle. Oh, yeah. Maybe. 
My Twitter handle is Rugged John Coffee. But all you're going to see there is a bunch of wrestling posts. Yeah, I didn't, sometimes <laughs> you'll see me get political, so don't follow me on there. You'll hate me. So anything you want to you talk about up front before we get into these these French um, baguettes? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spicy mustard. Spicy mustard? that a French thing? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> you could have easily like threw in like a croissant joke <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Instead, you said spicy mustard. Oh, who wants a green pawn? Also, you can follow me on Letterbox. Oh yes, Letterbox. Um, at DBZ Fan ninety nine. I don't know what mine is. Talk for a second while. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been trying to watch movies every day. Letterbox is awesome. I just want to put that is out there. So awesome. You can go on there and, you know. You have a bit of a goof and a gaff. Rugged John Coffee. Yeah. Is my Twitter handle on Letterboxd. You also, <laughs> <laughs> you also follow moods on there. Yes. And NES Ruler and 22 and uh, Double Shot J. Yes. Um, love that podcast, by the way. I've been listening to the shit out of that podcast. Yes. So good. Also, um, yeah, been trying to watch movies at least. Every week, yeah. Every day. If you don't know what Letterboxd is, though, it is a service app website. However, you want to do it. Yeah. Where you can uh, keep a diary of all the films you watch, and you can have a watch list of movies that you want to watch. Yep. And you can review them and rate them and see what other people, other people said about them, and it's just really cool. Yeah, you can give your own ratings on movies. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a really cool way to keep up with what you. What you've been watching. Fair warning, if you do follow me, your inbox will get spammed with <laughs> a bunch of, like, <laughs> updates. And uh, three movies that you can see on both of ours. <laughs> yeah. Are the films we're discussing today. Yeah, we need to get into this. The f- the the new wave of French horror, the French extreme movement, however you want to call it. Uh, it began in the early 2000s with, yes. you know, Bazemoy, Irreversible High Tension. Inside. Moved on, moved on to Inside, Martyrs, Frontiers, Them, we'll True Love Ways. We'll eventually be covering, covering all of those. Yep, Calvair. Uh, it became Sorry. a very exciting time to be a horror fan. Yeah, and I was very young during this, mm-hmm. so I didn't get to really live through it. Um, because, you know, some people have you believe that horror's in a bad place all the time. It's not. It's, you know, every year has their ups and downs. But if you follow independent cinema in general, mm. you know, you'll find good movies. But, you know, sometimes it does get a little stale. I mean, um, that's the every bit of media. Yeah. I mean, that's with even podcasts. Sure, sure. But the, the, the new wave of French extreme that began in the early 2000s really, like, gave a shot in the arm to the horror community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, became a very heated topic amongst the horror community in the SDF community. Yeah, um, you grew up, I wouldn't say grow up because you were old, you were old enough to watch all these. Yes. And, I was in the thick of it. Yeah, you were watching all these as soon as they came out on DVD. Yep. You pretty much have all of them. Well, except for Baysmoy. Baysmoy was the one that, it took me a while to get a hold yeah. of it. Because I don't think it has a proper release in the States. And then we had Origin 2. Arrow. Yeah, so you can go buy it there. Yeah, Arrow has it, and you can get it pretty cheap. It only has a DVD, but it's shot on video, so I don't think it matters. Yeah. At least I think it's shot on video. Shot on video. So you want to start with Bay's Moy? 
Uh, yes. Bay's Moy from 2000, a.k.a. Rape Me. Yeah, this movie is very interesting. It's a very strange movie. Yeah, very. Uh, basically, what we have here are uh, a tale of two girls. Not the movie A Tale of Two Girls. <laughs> yeah. The Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah, the Tale of Two Sisters. Nadine and Manu. Yeah, I didn't know if you wrote that down, because I did. Because I figured we probably should write that down. And uh, first, the first, what would you say, 10, 20 minutes of the movie? Yeah. Is kind of seeing them in their daily life. And what it seems like not a very good one. Manu is very much of the streets. Yeah. You know, she kind of hangs out with drug lords and people like that. Hmm. And Nadine is a prostitute. Yes. One day. They're both ladies of the streets. (laughs) Yes. Uh, In two different ways, though. (laughs) Yeah, two two completely different ways. Uh, One one day, Manu and a friend of hers are kidnapped and viciously raped. Yeah, it's really bad. Which leads to her killing somebody. We won't spoil that. Yeah, we're not going to say who. And so happens on the same day, Nadine happens to kill somebody as well. And they're both on the run. Yeah, and they just happen to meet each other. Manu kind of kidnaps Nadine and is like, "Hey, yo, you're gonna take me to where I want to go." Yeah. But and then, but they quickly find out they have more in common than they thought, and they go on a drug, sex, alcohol, and murder-filled rampage. Let me tell you about my best friend. friend. <laughs> She's the one that shoots a guy in his butthole. Oh, yeah, that scene. <laughs> This guy's been over, just sticks a gun right in his ass, just blows him, <laughs> just boom, um, but right in his ass. But. The first time I ever heard of Bay's Moy was, again, I talk about this a lot, the STF community on YouTube, yes. and it was always like, oh, Bay's Moy, rape me, Bay's Moy, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it, Yeah. and when I got my Region 2 player just last year, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first movies that I got my hands on was Bay's Moy. Yes. And I think because I had so much anticipation throughout the years hearing about this movie and searching for this movie that when I finally got to see it, I honestly was a little disappointed. Yeah. However, upon second viewing, I actually dig this movie quite a bit. This was my first viewing, and I didn't know much about it. Mm. And I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. It's very much a hardcore Thelma and Louise. (laughs) Yeah. Just two criminals on the run. Who are not not likable people, really? No. Like I think they're very good characters. Oh, of course. And uh, you know, uh, the, the the actors in the film, both Manu, Nadine, and the director of the film, were all former uh, pornographic actresses. Yeah. Which I don't know if you knew that. You told me about this. Yeah, and uh, the film features hardcore sex. Yeah, which I was not the biggest fan of that. In this well, movie, we've talked but... about it before. That, yeah. like, once you put in penetration and, and stuff like that, you begin to cross a line between art and pornography. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this movie can be classified as a porno. I mean, this is definitely, like, a very hardcore, like, character study. Yeah. Almost. Because it's them slowly. Well, I wouldn't know. Not know, even slowly, really. Like, just going down the... The rabbit hole. The slide of madness. Yeah. Uh, it's just the very, like, to me, what's the most interesting about the film is just, like, the psychology of these two people. Yeah. You know, what makes them tick? Why do they do, why do they do what they do? You know what I mean? And basically just because they're just two, 
rough, tough girls from the streets who... The hard streets of France. The hard streets of France. Yeah, talking to your mic, my dog. Oh, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I've, we, we were on the channel one day, and I realized how bad it sounds when you don't have the mic close to your face. <laughs> yeah. So, I apologize. Um, and I think it's super fascinating, too, that like these two very similar people, yeah. you know, just by chance meet each other. You know, like, they're just that have they both happen to be at the subway when the train stopped running, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then then their destinies are kind of put into motion, and that's kind of what this movie's about a lot. I would say is destinies. Yeah, their destinies become intertwined. Mm-hmm. Like it almost feels like everything that happens in this movie is set in stone before mm-hmm. it even happens. You know. I mean, the only complaint that I can necessarily say about this movie. Is some of the scenes with like violence when it comes to like shootings and stuff mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily look the greatest, but this, you said this was shot on video. It's it's shot on video and it's very gorilla style as well. Like mm. when they first get their guns, they kind of shoot this guy that runs this gun store, mm. and that scene doesn't doesn't look the best. Like there's no muzzle flashes on the gun or anything like that, mm. and you can kind of tell that they're having to kind of act like they're shooting a gun. <laughs> yeah, but you know. I do agree with that. The low budget nature of the film does hurt it in some points. But also, I'd like to I'd like to say, like, honestly, I don't remember you saying this is low. No, not no, not low budget. This was shot on video. Yeah, when I was watching it. I didn't necessarily think it was shot on video. I thought it was older. Well, it's it's not. It's hard to call it shot on video because it's made in two thousand. Mm. But it's like it's DV. It's definitely DV tape. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is like. You know, there's plenty of uh, independent movies that were shot DV at that era. Mm. But, so it's kind of not technically shot on video, but it is at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I really like about this movie is the soundtrack. Yeah, it was very... It's very jazzy. Very funky. But at the same time, has a very electronic... Yeah, also, this may be one of, like the best quality, like, Sean Video movies ever. Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, it has an intriguing story. Mm-hmm. It does, you know, it's not cheesy all the time. Yeah. it's com- Like, it's completely, like, just like any other movie. And it's interesting, too, because, like, you know, we called it a more hardcore Thelma and Louise, and that's really exactly what it is. Uh, it's yeah. just these two girls going on a rampage. Like, <laughs> that's the reason we're not getting into the plot a ton, because mm-hmm. that is the plot. They're just on this, like... I mean, in a lot of ways, it is a character study. It's just these two interesting women just hell-bent on causing chaos, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and if the two actresses were not good, mm. the movie would have fell apart. Yeah, it would have not been great. However, I think the two girls actually do a very excellent job in the movie. Oh, I'm definitely. You know, I don't know if it's the best acting of the three No, we will discuss, but... Very good at the same time. Their characters are just super interesting. You're you're always captivated by what they're going to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's... I don't know. Like, it's hard to, like, pinpoint who they are and what they are. Like, at times you're like, oh, I think they're more than friends. Yeah, a little bit. But sometimes not, too, at the same time. You know what I mean? Because there's a scene in the movie where it's kind of hinted at. Yeah, but they never, they never fully go forward into that. Because mm-hmm. they have sex with a lot of men. It tons. So it's like, I don't know. But there's moments in the movie where it feels like 
their relationship is more than just friendship. Yeah, in, in the movie, don't have don't try to have sex with them with a condom. Yeah, they do not like condoms. <laughs> yeah, which is, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's, it's not the best idea. <laughs> and uh, you know, you're talking about like the low budget, like that does hurt it at some points. Yeah, but I think it also kind of adds this punk rock aesthetic. atmosphere to it too. Yeah, yeah that I re- yeah aesthetic. That's a good word for it. That I really like. Like it has a very like. You know DIY, like do do it your fucking self. Yeah, style that I think is 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 just I don't know. It's just very very good. Like it happens a lot in like independent movies whenever you watch them, but <clears throat> some movies just don't necessarily grasp that feeling. Mm. This movie definitely did. Yeah, grasp that absolutely. It uses it to its fullest a lot of the times. Mm. Um, you know. It is an it is an extreme movie. Yeah, it's also like if you don't want to watch some of the things that happen in this movie, it's kind of hard to get through a little bit. Because mm-hmm. the violence is pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't call it gory. I mean, it's, it's got some blood in it. Blood, sure. but but like there's a massacre at this sex club. God, which is a <laughs> ironically another theme that ties this one to another mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> There's a lot of themes with these movies, yeah. which is pretty weird. Um, which we'll talk about that when we're done. Um, you know, uh, they have there's that the sex club and there's this massacre and that's a real brutal, brutal scene. Yeah, the guy gets shot in his asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the vicious. scene that like really set this one off and kind of separated it from a lot of movies that were coming out at the time is the rape scene. Yeah. Um. That is definitely one of the most graphic rape scenes uh, that I've ever seen. It's it's immensely brutal and nasty, and Manu's reaction to it is one of the most unique Yeah, that you'll ever see in a movie. And at times it feels a little too real. Yeah. Like, she's almost like, this is what happens. This yeah. is what happens to us, you know what I mean? But she's not powerless, either. No. Like, I think that's what's super interesting about this movie, too, is, like, I feel a lot of it's about taking that power back. Like, her, she's, mm-hmm. she's you know, forced down, and then it's her turn to kind of push forward, because I think she's the leader of the two. Yeah. Like, even though sure. she's the smallest, she's definitely the driving force. Yeah, and also, with that scene, she kind of uses that almost like what she does as a defense mechanism, almost. Yeah, yeah and Which almost like a motivation. Yeah, to and do her. what she does. Yeah. Super interesting stuff, and like, when she meets Nadine, and they kind of like, you know... Both they both have these traumatic experiences that kind of happen at mm-hmm. the same time, bonds them even more, even though they don't really even talk about it. Yes, ever. I don't know. It's just really interesting. It's really cool stuff. I don't know about you, but when I was watching this, I was getting quite a few vibes of Miss Forty Five. Yeah, it did have a very, vi- a very Miss Forty Five feel to mm-hmm. it. I think the only difference is, is like Miss Forty Five, like the the character Miss Forty Five is kind of like pushed to that. Yeah, where they just do it. Where I feel like they were capable of that before anything bad happened. Of course, like in the movie's story, you, you don't know what's what's happened to them before. So this could have yeah. happened a million times before. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a crazy movie. It is a very crazy movie. I think it's cool to think to see like, you know, netting She's into everything, but she's almost just in for the ride. Romano is really the the driving force behind this like craziness. 
you know. Also, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, what scene do you think was the absolute most brutal one? Probably the rape scene. Um, I'm split between that one and the hotel scene where they stomp that guy's head in. Yeah, it's pretty brutal too. It's bad. It's rough stuff, yeah. man. Yeah. She like pukes on him and shit at times. Oh god, yeah. It just like, I don't know. It, it's a movie that I. It's not gonna be for everybody. No. I think the hardcore sex is gonna throw a lot of people off. Of course, that that could happen with thriller as yeah. well. Um, but if you can get past that and see the movie for what it is, mm-hmm. it it's it's a supremely well done guerrilla style low budget thriller. I mean, that's something about this movie and a lot of other movies we do cover. Is of course we cover extreme cinema and we're into that. Yeah, where the animal violence in a movie like Cannibal Holocaust could throw a lot of people. Yeah, off. absolutely. And in this movie, the hardcore sex or rape, I should say, anyway. Yeah, will throw a lot of people off as well. For sure, for sure. But you know, um, before we wrap up, Bay's Moy, without spoiling it, what did you think about the ending? The ending, um. I actually enjoyed the ending. Yeah, I think it's very realistic. Yeah. You know, it seems like that would be... It actually caught me off guard. The way it would go down, you know what I mean? Yeah. That something would happen at a very basic, for them, a very basic, you know, coming mm-hmm. off this their largest, most brutal, you know, heist yet, you know, from success of the highest success to, like, this little thing they're doing and then something goes wrong and, yeah. you know, all everything falls apart. Um, I mean, also... Oh, sorry, I got distracted. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? But, uh... That was one of my friends. I don't, I don't remember what I was trying to say now. We're talking about the <laughs> ending. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the ending, it, th- it threw me off because I didn't expect exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's kind of sad. You like you shouldn't feel bad. It's like the de- it's like Devil's Reject Syndrome. Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't feel bad for these people because they've done some awful things. Yeah. <laughs> but the writing makes them... I can, see, see, I can see some people being like, oh, it's super anticlimactic. Mm. And I can see that. But to me, that's super realistic at the same time. Yeah. I mean, not every crime scene investigation is. I I okay. I don't know what else I have to do. <laughs> you well, you were like over here. You gotta talk into okay. the. Okay. Um. <laughs> God dang, I hate this thing. You gotta hold the mic into your mouth, dog. You missed the mic stands, bro. Well, you, you know, at that point, you still would have been talking away from yeah, it. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. Final thoughts on uh. Um, not for everybody, but it's definitely a recommendation in my book. Yes. I think it's a, uh, oh God dang, I can't flip my notes. Oh my God, (laughs) what are you doing? Uh, it's a very, I think it's a very interesting. (laughs) Just watching you struggle over here. (laughs) I got this. Super interesting. Good characters, good acting, unique in its execution, Mm. and just really worth a watch. Like I said, get past the hardcore sex. I know it's a bit distracting at times. It's a little bit. But if you can look past that and get into the film at its heart, <laughs> yeah, then it's well worth your yeah. time. I'd like to mention the one scene. That I keep bringing it up because it just caught me so off guard, the asshole shooting. Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing I, like that happens in the rest of the movie. Because I was writing down something, right? And mm-hmm. I look up and I just see a gun to some guy's asshole and just blew him to bits. <laughs> but, I'm like, oh my God. 
Um, Jesus. So, we fast forward to 2003. Yes. And we get our first uh, connection between these movies. Where this movie is directed by none other than Gaspar Noé. Yes. And in um, Bay's Moy, during one of the sex scenes, they're watching a movie directed by Gaspar Noé, I Stand Alone. Yes. Starring Philippe Noher. Which... I think it's how you say his name. Um, there's also something else that comes to play with the next. Yes, movie, who is really he is crazy. also in this movie as well. Yeah, and this is 2003, one of the most controversial movies ever made. Irreversible. <laughs> like you said, it like like an old like cartoon villain, mm-hmm. like like the narrator for the cartoon <laughs> villain, like the rival. <laughs> Irreversible. Irreversible. <laughs> Whoa. Or irreversibly. <laughs> this movie's just damn depressing. It, it is very. Um, let's I mean, talk about <laughs> like. Uh, Let's talk about where we first heard about Irreversible. Um, first time I, I, I first time I really heard about it was of course horrible reviews. But the first time it was mentioned to me was you because I saw the DVD on your shelf. I was like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. And I was pretty young at the time. And it was like, it's a movie you won't be watching anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, fan of the show. Amanda. Yes. She was the first person to ever tell me about Irreversible. I want to say it it either had just debuted at Cannes mm. or Sundance. Oh, God. Right? That's not so bit weird festivals to have that show up at. But. Um, and Amanda was like, there's this movie, and she's like, I think it's called Irreversible. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and it's and it's become super controversial because its claim is that it has the most horrific rape scene of all time. Um, and I can't really detest against <laughs> that, but and that it's sh- it, it's in reverse, and it gives and it gives people a headache because there's noises in it mm. that cause headache and stuff like that. So these were all things, you know, that I knew going into the first time I ever saw Irreversible. Yeah, because it gained such such a uh, Reputation. Yeah, like such a reputation for being just the most extreme movie ever made and the and the most effed up, you know, dark movie. So it was one of those, like, much like when the first time I saw Camp Holocaust, like I was like, <laughs> I was just nervous to watch it for the mm. first time, you know. And honestly, it's a film that no matter how much times you hear people talk about it or how much you know about it, you can't really prepare for the impact the film has. I mean, honestly, whenever we you announced this episode, I was actually really excited to watch this movie. And then, the more I watched the movie, the more I was like, you know, I'm not excited anymore. <laughs> I'm just sad. Um, but at its core, Irreversible is your basic revenge film. Yeah, you have three fr- three friends. Marquise. Mm-hmm. What's the other guy's name? Philip, maybe. Stop. I know Marquise. I know they're trying to fall off the bed. (laughs) It's recording in my room. (laughs) Marquise. Have a studio. Um, maybe it's Philip. We're just gonna go with Philip for now because I don't have it wrote down either. God dang it! Of course, I didn't write his name down. And Alex, I remember her name. Yeah. Oh god. Which is funny because there's a character in the next movie called Alex as well. Oh my god! I know similarities are weird. <laughs> it is very strange. Anyways, Alex is 
um, horribly, brutally raped. It's... Mm. And her boyfriend and friend, who is also her ex-boyfriend... Which is pretty weird, but... The boyfriend in particular goes on a manhunt to find the man who did it to get his revenge. Mm. While the friend is kind of trying to... Stop him. Stop him to get him in under control. So at its core, that is the basic... As basic a story as you can have in one of these movies. But um, the way irreversible, it's all in reverse. The first thing you see in the mm-hmm. film is the closing credits. Yeah. It is literally in reverse. <laughs> it's it's a crazy movie. And it seems like it'd be hard to do, but like what you do is you get a little snippet mm-hmm. of what happened, and then like it'll like usually cut to like a black area. Yeah. And then once it... Because the camera is constantly moving. Oh, that's something else. And once it comes out of that blackness, then you're slightly back. Mm. And then you see a little bit more of what happened before that, and then the same thing, the same thing, until you get to the beginning, before the incident even happened. Mm. Oh, I mean, it's... Oh, God, I, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Um, It's a movie that earned its reputation. Yeah. Because it it, it is... It's just horrific. <laughs> yeah, like there, it, there's so many layers to irreversible. Mm. First of all, I find the movie's metaphors to be super fascinating because it starts with Felipe Noir. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I could be way wrong about that. Talking about time. Yeah, and how time was you know the ultimate demise. Basically, time destroys everything, is what mm-hmm. he says. And essentially, that is irreversible. Yeah. That time destroys everything. And he proves that by going backwards and showing how, you know... This is transpired. Yeah, and then the fact that the movie's name is Irreversible. It's, it's a smart title for a smart movie. Yeah, which the movie literally is in reverse, but also the actions committed by these characters cannot be reversed. Mm, yeah. You know? You can't change what happened. And also... I feel like most people know what happens in this movie, so I think we can get into some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we won't get into, like... We won't spoil. But, I mean, everyone know Like, anyone who's heard of Irreversible knows what the movie's about. Yeah. But, necessarily, the, the ending slash beginning... It's really yeah. Weird. I mean, we won't get into, like, you know, the identity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But... Oh god, this movie's so brutal. <laughs> the film, the film starts in so chaotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it, when the movie starts, like if you know nothing about the movie, it starts in such a way that's like you don't even like you can't begin to understand what's happening. Mm. And then when it steps back the second time, it's like it's Marquise and I think his name's Philippe in this like uh, <laughs> in this. Um, <laughs> Like hardcore bondage, gay club. Yeah, and like that scene is one of the most claustrophobic. Oh my god! Yeah, like hard to watch scenes ever. Like the com- the movie, the the camera is moving so much constantly. You can't, you don't know how big this place is because you can never get a read on mm. what's going. You feel like the character just going from person to person to person, like you know, in such a chaos. That like you can't begin to like settle in and 
it, it's claustrophobic, even though this room could be huge, but you don't know because you can't ever, like, the camera never still so you can get a feel of what the room looks like. Yeah, and also something else that may throw some people off is definitely the sexual slurs. Oh, yeah, there is out. a ton. Oh, my God. And there's also racial slurs that happen mm-hmm. a little later on in the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. It's a very seedy, grimy movie. Oh, yeah, it's... It's a movie that when you just look at the box art and you just put the movie in and begin watching it, mm-hmm. it's a movie that's almost seething with like just the atmosphere is very sweaty and yeah tense and cha- I think chaotic is the best term yeah. for it because like you're just like what's going on? What is happening? You know, I can't oh. see what's happening. You know, you feel like you're like there, like you're trying to look over someone to see yeah, what's right. happening. You know. Um, the interesting thing too is uh, tons of male nudity. Um, yeah, a lot of that. But Gaspar Noé, the director, was actually concerned about being considered a homophobe, really? a homophobic person because of all the, all the you know homophobic slurs. So he's actually one of the patrons of the club with his willy out. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Because he's like, I don't want people to think I'm homophobic because I'm not. It's just the movie. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just a movie. It's, I mean, a lot of people read too much in the movies sometimes. Yeah. Unless you're trying to force a message. I mean, he the, the character's angry. Yeah. You know, he's furious. He's wanting to get his hands on whoever did this to his girlfriend. So, of course, he's throwing out, you know. Every word in the book. Yeah, because he's, he's just, he's not, I mean, he's clearly not thinking with his right no. mind. The things he's, this is the, what he's willing to go to, to, you know, get his revenge. So, what are they calling this guy? The, the, they call this guy something. It's like the tapeworm. The tapeworm? But it's not... It's like the French word for tapeworm. Okay. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. But, yeah, we, we I think we have to get into the violence in this movie. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's only one real violent, violent scene other than the rape. Yeah. What I'm referring to is, like, gore death. Fire the fire extinguisher My scene, God. which is one of the first things in the movie. Uh, I really had to hit pause after that. I was like, "How do they do that?" You gotta. I swear, it's not me, dog. You're the one who's not talking in the microphone. Oh God, the fire extinguisher scene. Yeah, it was done by having an actor. Yeah, for certain shots, and then a prosthetic, and then they digitally fused the two. Which, when you do that, yeah. That's like the best way to use CG, honestly, mm. is when you blend it with practical effects so the actor can literally be there and get their face caved in by a fire extinguisher. So Which was one of the scenes that made the movie so notorious. Yeah, and the camera's constantly moving during this thing because it's just like going crazy around the set. Mm. And the way the people are just gathered around. And just nagging them on. Yeah, and then once he's dead, it's like, oh, shit. Well... Like, it's so brutal because guess that just happened. <laughs> it's not like a lot of <laughs> it's not like in a lot of horror movies where it's just like one shot done. Mm-hmm. This is like thirty shots with this thing, and it's like it's so loud, so vicious. Yeah, they're actually literally in the first I want to say first thirty minutes of the movie, a noise that is almost like unregisterable. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a dog whistle. Yeah, in a way. that uh, is designed to make you feel tense. And uh, provide like headaches and nausea, Ugh. which it it only affects certain people, 
Like, I don't feel it when I watch it. I do feel tense, but I don't know if that's because of I got a headache. Did you get a headache? Yeah. Well, it's easy to get a headache because the daggone camera is spinning like crazy. It's like Cloverfield on crack cocaine. (laughs) I don't remember if the noise did it or it was the visuals necessarily, but... It definitely gave me a headache afterwards. And you, you cannot talk about Irreversible without talking about the rape scene. Oh, my so God, do we have to? <laughs> the, the movie, you know, we constantly refer to the fact that the camera is moving. Mm. But the further the film goes along... The less it moves. The less it moves, which I think is such a... Nice touch. Because it, it puts you in the moment so much, you know what I mean? When the camera, like, you feel that, like, ah, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like tension when the camera's just swinging and going berserk and you know once as the movie goes along and that like that tension isn't there the camera stays steady because then you know you're not in it no more oh my I apologize weird. people <laughs> oh my God, that, sounded weird. that was my nose <laughs> um, so it's a single shot yeah, it's literally like sitting on the floor yeah um, and oh. She is, you know, I don't know how long the rape scene is. It's not short. I think, hor- like, Horrible Review said it was anywhere from, like, 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's hard to watch. Like, I found myself looking away and kind of just wanting to do anything but watch the scene. Yeah, and there's also a nice touch of wasn't on purpose, you told me. Yes. Where a guy walks into the hallway and walks back out. Yeah, he walked into frame. I was like, oh, shit, I walked into frame. Yeah. But it adds so it makes it even much. more haunting. Yeah. I reckon they did six takes of this. Six? Yes. Oh. Which, uh... That's pretty crazy. Uh, M- Monica Belushi? Balishi? Uh, the, the actress? The, the lady, yeah. Yeah. She was okay with doing it. Okay, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. Although she did say that the first take was the easiest because then she had to know it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, I know what's coming now, you know. Yeah. Because it's violent, man. Like, Ugh. this guy's a massive piece of shit <laughs> in this scene, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, it's another one of those scenes, like, it's it's not, uh, it's rougher than the one in I Spit on Your Grave. You think so? Yeah. There's things about it. I think the... How can you say it's not? The unrelenting camera angle, mm. where it just it's just there. There's no cut. There's no looking away. You're just forced to sit there and watch it. Does make it pretty brutal. And the fact that she is like, she's right, she raped anally. Yeah. Which is pretty horrible as well. And on top of all of that, after, after he's done, he beats the shit out of her. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily revealed if she dies or not. Yeah, but she's in a coma. We know yeah. that much. God. Um, I believe her name is Monica Bellucci. I may be wrong about that, but her real life husband plays her boyfriend in the movie, oh, really? Vincent Cassell, and he and her as well. All three of oh, the yeah. leads are very, very good in this movie. Like, I mean, everyone really is. I would but... say this movie is top notch acting at its finest. Mm-hmm. You know, um. But when they're kind of outside, because, like, you know, as the movie goes along, you, you see the rape scene, and then you see what happened before it. Which I know some people don't like, because it's like they feel as though it it just it doesn't have a payoff. 
Yeah. Like, there's no climax to the movie, which there really isn't. No. Because the climax is technically the beginning of the movie. But to me, it works because it's like you see their lives ruined. You, You see why their lives are ruined, and then you see how happy they were before. In the very end slash beginning, something is revealed, and it makes it even, even worse. worse. Yeah. Um, oh, this movie. However, what I was saying is, Vincent Cassell, the scene where he sees her. Yeah. When they're like, oh, someone was raped. Oh, God. And he sees her. He, his performance is gut-wrenching. It's haunting, man. Yeah. Like, it's so real. You know what I mean? Because at first he's just like, oh, you know, whatever. And then he sees his girlfriend come around the corner, and he just loses it. Yeah. And also the friend, like when the cop is trying to interrogate the friend. Oh, yeah. It's a very good scene, too, because he's just, he's gone. Mentally, mm-hmm. he's just gone, you know. Yeah, he's, like, barely talking, barely functioning. Um, To me, irreversible, though very controversial, very hard to watch. Yeah. And, you know, not for the faint of heart, is absolutely a masterpiece. I, I have to agree 100% on that, because, I mean... It's so good. It's one of the best movies we have ever reviewed, for sure. Oh, for 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 damn sure. You know it. It's it's like I said. It's not going to be for everybody I mean, for multiple definitely. reasons. I mean, the rape, the violence, the the greasiness of it. Yeah. But also the you know the constant moving. Can- like if you have motion sickness problems, this movie's going to destroy you. And the very the very beginning end, whatever. Yeah, the very end. It tries to give you a damn seizure. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I was just watching that. Watching, I was like, "I'm, I'm going, I'm going." <laughs> like it just flashes this rapid light. Not, I, I was having to look away, man. I've had a seizure before. Yeah, yeah, and it was not. I was like, "God dang, this is trying to take me out." <laughs> um, oh god. There's a lot of interesting things about high tension too. Is not high, uh, tension, high tension, but irreversible. Where it's like, you know, it was, you know, it began as a study of like a real life relationship between, mm. you know. Monica and Vincent Cassell, and just as the, the three, you know, them and Gaspar Noe, you know, kind of uh, brainstormed it, it just kept going to this more darker place, and that was kind of the genesis of Irreversible. <laughs> Into my head, we're Genesis. I just think I was thinking OSW now. <laughs> the genesis so of Magilagility. <laughs> but uh, Gaspar Noe is definitely a guy we're going to be talking about more. Yeah. Um, I stand alone, enter the void, and I've never seen Love, but Love's probably the movie I'm least. Is at. Into the Void the one movie that has like graphic, like sex in it as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, I heard about. And also, story. it's like it's another movie where the movie, the camera constantly. Oh Jesus Christ! But not in the same way. Like it's not like rapid. Also, the like when you hear how this movie is shot, mm-hmm. and you hear about. You know, the, the plot is, you're like, this can't work. Yeah. And the way they make it work is perfect, because, like, it cuts from, like, certain, like, areas. Yeah, it always makes sense. It's so good. Um, I guess the final thing on, for me, for Irreversible, is just that, though I feel as, you know, I do understand where people are coming from when they talk about how the film lacks a climax mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's in reverse... Yeah. But um, Roger Ebert, ironically, <laughs> who talked positively of Irreversible, which is mind-blowing, said that, uh, you know, had it been played the other way, the violence 
at the end of the movie would have been praised. Mm-hmm. It would have been cheered. Yeah. And this way you see the effects of everything. No. Oh. Yeah. And how, you know, once it's done, it's done. And I guess what makes this scene more brutal, like I, I, how I mentioned earlier, how this is more brutal than I, I think the us putting your grave one is, which it's kind of hard to judge. It's hard to be like, oh, what's the most vicious rape scene you've I mean, it's so, both are so brutal because, I mean, and I spent on your grave, it's three, four times. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just once. But God almighty, it's brutal as I shit. would say the the argument could be that maybe this one feels more realistic. Mm-hmm. Because it is just a single shot. Yeah. Where the I spent your grave one's more elaborate. You know. Also, something in common between those two is both those scenes have no music in them. Yeah. Very grueling scenes to get through, too. <laughs> yeah. And that one just ta- that's been in a great one takes place like thirty forty minutes in the movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, to me, irreversible. I mean, it is a masterpiece. Yeah, it's a definite must it's watch a, for us. It's it's a it's an absolute gut punch. Oh, like you will not exit the movie the same. <laughs> you know, it's a movie to probably not watch on your happiest day. It, it will, will ruin your day. It will stain your brain for a very long time. Yeah. It's a movie that that it's it's a movie that you don't just turn off and get away from. It stays with you for a very long time, and yeah. it begins and ends with the same phrase: "Time destroys everything." God, <laughs> depressing as shit. Mm-hmm. But I guess we should but maybe, maybe move on. Or you got anything else you want to say? Very reversible for um, me. Except for the fact that I highly recommend it. Yeah. And you can see our ratings on Letterboxd. Hey, <laughs> you follow us on Letterboxd. <laughs> I figured I had to light the mood up a little bit because we got really depressing and everything. Well, I mean, like, it's a heavy movie, man. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're watching a rape revenge film, it's very easy to be like, yeah, get them, kick their ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this one Which is always, really you know, I, I enjoy that, too. We did on Letterboxd. every revenge movie, not just rape revenge. Yeah, either. but, you know, like... like, just like Class of uh, four, yeah, like high tension, not high tension, damn it, thriller, cruel picture, <laughs> and um, you know, I spit in a grave. You want to see them, just you know, get it. Mm. But that's not always like in reality. That's not how it works. No, you know, revenge doesn't fix what happened. You know what I mean? No. And that's what irreversible is about. This movie's almost too realistic at times. You know, that's what irreversible is. You know, it's not your revenge. It's not your kick-ass revenge film. It, it it's a it's a tale of how your it's life can be changed <laughs> in just a single moment. Just a bad. Yeah. You know, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, and, and that's it. It's over. It's 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 pretty much a tale of three people's destructions, mm-hmm. and how you know a person could be changed. Hmm. So. It's a heavy movie, man. It, like I said, it's a movie that, that will stick with you for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unfortunately. Yep. It's not yeah, a film. It has a pretty good message, too, though. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, what you do means can't, something. Yeah, there is no reversing. No, you can't There's reverse no what doing you've done. It. There's no doing it over. You don't have a, a, a button from, like, the movie Click with Adam Sandler yeah. that you can just reverse time with. But, alas... Because I think that's the right movie. We stay in the year 2003. Yes. Which these dates could be wrong, because I know that 
there's a big difference between when they were released in France in and States. when they were released in States. These are the IMDb years, so these are probably the French release dates. Yeah. But 2003's High Tension, a.k.a. Switchblade Romance. Directed by Alexander Raja. Raja. Starring Philippe Noé. Yeah, <laughs> that's how all these movies are related somehow. Yeah, he's in all of them. It's in one way or the other. One way or another, he's in every single one of these movies, which is, first of all, let's give this guy his due. He is. He's a legend. He's awesome. Yeah, French horror legend, man. And he does a fantastic job in this movie. Oh, man. yeah, he is a greaseball oh in this movie. <laughs> he is. An intimidating, oh. scary greaseball. He, he is. Would you imagine when you hear about serial killers? He is that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, what do we have for high tension? Uh, oh. What are the girls' names? <laughs> I know oh, one's Alex. That's the up. one they're after. Hold on a second. I'm looking. Alex keep, and... Keep talking. Ho. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't. What are you doing? Oh. Don't you do it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. I, I wrote swore. this down. Yeah, I could swear I wrote this down. Oh, my God. Oh. We're the worst podcasters that ever existed. <laughs> we sure are. I mean, how can we get shittier? Marie? Mar- Marie. Yeah, there you Marie go. and Alex. So. Yeah, I, I got it this time, hey. guys. G- give me a round of applause at home. Don't speculate like that in front of me again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Marie and Alex are going to Alex's parents' house for the weekend or the summer or something like that Yeah, to study. They're, they're college students. Mm-hmm. Upon getting there the first night, while getting ready for bed, a knock at the door happens. And uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Philippe Noir as a co- overalls clouded maniac rampa- rampages the house. Yeah. Kidnaps Alex and then Marie begins to chase after to try to save her friend. Oh, this movie is vicious too, though. Thus is the tale of high tension. Now, um, great title, by the way. Very good title. Both titles. Yeah, both titles actually. Um, how do you you know? Well, like we do everything else. How did you hear about high tension? Um, I heard of the first time I actually heard of high tension was not on horrible reviews. Uh, first time I heard about it was I. Was it really young? I was probably like seven years old, probably. This came out. Yeah, or at least whenever my mom was watching it, mm-hmm. and she made me stay in a different room, of course. <laughs> and she was freaking out the entire time. Mm. And all I remember was her calling Amanda about the ending because she was very confused about it, and then watched it again. Yeah, which we will get into that. We're going to do two versions of this review. One is going to be a spoiler-free. And then spoilers. And spoiler-filled. And I didn't know what the ending was. I mean, I never really asked what the ending was. Yeah. And then I watched it for the podcast, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, High Tension is, is the film that, you know, even though I think there was a pretty decent gap between High Tension and then the next wave of, like, Inside Martyrs and them, High Tension is the one that kind of pushed this new wave of French extreme cinema into the forefront because it actually ended up getting, though limited, but a decently wide release theatrically in America. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, 
nobody had ever heard of. And people, like, you know, in a, in a time where, you know, horror was, you know, horror, there's always good horror. Yeah, you just, had to, you just had to find it. You just had to find it. But this was in particularly a time where that was, you know, it was this very was few and far in between, you know. You know, high tension kind of came along and really, like, people were like, this is so much different, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is, this blows me away, you know. And, of course, you know, its violence level and its ending, you know, kind of built a reputation around it as well, though not quite as extreme as Irreversible. Yeah. You know. I mean, God, t- apparently 2003 was a great year for French cinema. Yeah. Well, French, I mean, like, and then, like, 07, beca- you know, with High Tension and Martyrs and Frontiers and Them and Hallelujah and True Love Ways, you know, Calvair. All these films kind of came out within a few years of each other. Yeah. You know, and then it's kind of, you know, it slowed down a little bit. Although, you know, was it Raw? Uh, Recently? Raw? Yeah. Yeah. Just came out, you know, so there's still these French extreme films coming out, which is, you know, it's very interesting. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just to cut oh, away. shit. God dang it. Um, so, at its core, High Tension is your basic slasher film. Yeah. You know, yeah. Two <laughs> girls, who clearly one is more wants to be more than just friends. Yeah, you can tell. You know, um, kidnapped by a sociopath. Well, yeah. one is being kidnapped, and the other one is trying to fight back. Yeah, and um, the process kind of gets herself kidnapped. You know, I guess the first thing I want to talk about positively for high tension is you know. It has everything a, up until the last twenty minutes. Everything until the last twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, it has a great atmosphere. Oh, definitely. Uh, it is very tense. Great title for mm-hmm. this movie. The gore is awesome. Oh my god, it is done by none other than Italian legend Gennetto De Razzi. What was your favorite gore scene? In this Man, movie? it's hard to beat the freaking cabinet against the head. Oh my god, is that that not... scene? Like, it's just a single shot of this dude just pushing a freaking shelf. Into oh. this dude's head and ripping it clean off. It's brutal. Like, it's so unrealistic. Yeah. But at the same time, just insanely awesome. Also, even the mother, her throat is, like, all the way until, like... Yeah. It's slit all the way until, it's like... very, bone. very thick. As you would see in most Janetta <laughs> Rossi. Thick! Very much. It's very much a Janetta Rossi prosthetic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just that old school Lucio Fulci kind of deep mm. ass, you know... Visceral cut, and my God, does it not look great with the newer cameras? Yeah, <laughs> um, shot sixteen millimeter. Really interesting. That's very interesting. Not thirty five because you know it's low budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's crazy. This movie calling this movie low budget because it's beautiful. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's shot very well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's just hard. To, it's hard to talk about this movie and not discuss the ending. Mm. So let's talk about the ending spoiler free first, okay. and then we'll get into our grievances with the, with the ending. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you and what, I, what I, I'm gonna go ahead and tell the audience here what I told you. Yes, I, what, this movie is like having a kid. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This kid has grown up to be something great. Oh, that's awesome. Went to school, mm-hmm. of course. Graduated with honors. Oh man, could be more proud. And graduates, 
with you know member of honors club and everything like that yeah and the ring of honor honors club not that one <laughs> <laughs> and is going out into the workforce yeah in college awesome and then goes on a year long crack band well shit <laughs> Best way to describe this movie. You still love them, but you're very disappointed. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in you, but I will help you. <laughs> yeah. The ending of this movie definitely is divisive. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, I don't mind it. I like it. And then there's like me, who I'm like, it almost completely ruins the movie. Definitely. Like, it's just such a, it just takes everything that you saw before the <laughs> twist is revealed and just shits on it. Because then everything doesn't make sense anymore. No. It you, leaves plot holes galore. You cannot like look at the look at the movie the same after the twist ending. Because you're like, well, that scene doesn't make any sense. Like, that scene doesn't make any sense. That un- scene doesn't make <laughs> any sense. You know? Up until like the last 20, 30 minutes, is it? Yeah. I was going to give this movie an extremely high rating mm-hmm. on Letterboxd, by the way. Yeah, Letterboxd. Yeah. Sponsored uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> we're not sponsored by Letterboxd. I wish. <laughs> I wish we were, but... I mean, my God. Mm-hmm. So good up until then. Yeah. A, a fantastic horror film. And then it just shits the bed. I mean, there's so many good scenes. There's great kills, good gore. Mm-hmm. You know, good killer. Very likable characters. Oh, of course. Um... You know, great use of music, like the Muse song. Oh my God, yeah. You know, link it to the world. That yeah. song's great. As soon as like, I made sure to run that that scene back with the car, mm-hmm. and I took my phone and I shazammed it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm downloading this song. It's so good. This that scene is so good because it's like it's just, you know, it's her breaking point almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's she's like, all right, this is it. This is here we go. Right. This is either do or die. Which then that gets absolutely shat upon. Oh, my but, God. <laughs> but, um, I was almost gonna give this movie a five at that point. You gotta talk it's, to your mic, my friend. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I want to keep bringing it up until you do it. I was it. almost gonna give this movie a five. Yeah, because it was so good. In it's that point. it's ridiculously good up until that twist thing to me. And then it just shits the bed. How long are we? What's our time at? Oh we, my god! Uh, we're at fifty-eight minutes. Fifty-eight minutes. All right. Oh. So let's give our final thoughts. You know, before we go into, I mean, it's still a really good movie. It's still a very good movie, but it's oh. a, it's a very good slasher film that I still think you should watch. Yeah. Regardless if we hated the twist ending, because you may not. Mm. You may be able to get past it and just enjoy the movie for what it is. It's still a great modern slasher with, you know, awesome kills, great, you know, great gore, great cinematography, good characters, good killer, creepy. You know, I remember watching this movie when it first came out and, like, I heard somebody backing down the hill where I live <laughs> and I freaked out and turned the movie off because I was movie. terrified it was going to be Felipe Nouveau. <laughs> I watched this movie pretty much Home Alone. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the movie, it has it has a ton of merit to it. Mm-hmm. And Alexander, it's a shame Alexander Oshaw just has never really gone on to do anything really. You know, he, did the, he did the Hills of Eyes remake, which it is what it is. I don't People really like, like it. People like it. Then he did Piranha, which is fine, but it's not great. He did Mirrors, which is shit. Did he do Mirrors too? I hope not. He did no, Horns, which I liked Horns, but, I didn't see it. but it's like, you know, you watch High Tension, there's so much potential there, mm-hmm. 
that he could go on and make something really cool, but just, he could have big. He could have ended up becoming a new master of horror. Yeah, but he really just never. And there's still always potential for him to do something like that. Yeah, on, but but it just it feels like he he's never really lived up to his his hype. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. High Tension was you know it was a very very hyped movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like people were like, this is the next, this is the next big guy right here. Mm-hmm. So. Even though I thoroughly dislike the ending, I still recommend High Tension quite oh, a bit. Definitely, it's still a very, very good movie. And if we got you to watch this movie, you know, send us a message at <laughs> our social medias mm-hmm. and stuff. And I feel and like tell it's us a, what you thought. I feel like it's a movie a lot of people have seen. I mean, of course, but um, I mean, this is my first view. Do right you now. have an idea what you want to do for the next episode? Um, I'm thinking on it still because I thought it might be better to go ahead and. Do that, then yeah. get into the spoilers. That way, okay. the people who don't want to listen to spoilers can already get into the idea of what we're going to do next. I'm split between two right now. All right. Um, Which one are you feeling the most? But I, mean, I don't know if we have all the movies to cover it with. Okay. Um, I was wanting to do classic disturbing cinema. Okay. Which entails? Uh, let me get the... Um, Eyes Without a Face. Have it. Jigoku. Have it. Wars and Malformed Men. Have it. And Unchained Out of Lucia. On YouTube. All right, I guess that's what we're doing next. All right. Basically, pre-1970s disturbing cinema. Yes. I'm down. I'm into that. I am so, as well. <laughs> for all you people who do not want spoilers for high tension. Go ahead. You now know what the next episode is going to be. And we thank you for listening. Email us at sickoncinema at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. I'm John. I'm Matt. You've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on Cinema. Yes. And we will see you all next time. Now, for the ones who have either seen High Tension or do not care for spoilers, welcome. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. Time for this. Okay. So the whole film, it, it, it plays around... Marie trying to get to Alex and rescue her. God dang, I'm already fuming. Eventually, there's this car wreck scene where the killer gets behind her somehow. It's immediately kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the way I took that was that he just knew the land really well because he lives there. Yeah. So he just well. Yeah, and the important thing to understand is that like she's following them in a car, Mm -hmm. and the killer's driving this big greasy truck. Mm -hmm. So, after she takes out the killer, we kind of cut to this gas station where an incident happened, and they're watching the security camera. When lo and behold, who kills the gas station clerk? Oh, SpaghettiOs. There was no big greasy bastard all along. It was Marie all along. It was her. You movie. Yeah. So Ooh. that's when Alex begins to freak out because she's like, oh, my God. You know, uh, and, and the other girl, with I think her name's Marie. Marie and Alex. I think her name's Marie. Is it Marie? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay. We may be completely wrong about that. I know Alex, but I don't know about the other one. I, it says Marie in my notes. She's like, she's like, Alex, what's wrong? I came to save you. Oh. And that's when you realize that she's the killer all along. Right? Yeah. 
Which, you know, maybe at first you might be like, okay, whatever. That sounds kind of cool. Then it keeps going. But the the problem, the big problem, which at least is one of the best kills in the movie. Yeah. When she has that massive saw and cuts to the windshield into that guy. Mm-hmm. That scene is awesome. Super cool. But let's begin from the beginning. Let's start looking at these plot holes that are everywhere. Yes. So, Marie is up in her room masturbating. Yes. When there's a knock at the door. She's dealing herself when there's a knock at the door. There's definitely a knock at the door. Which causes the dad to come down and answer it. Yes. When he is attacked and killed. Viciously. Also, Mm -hmm. okay, here's something else. It's slightly believable with, you know, our killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it, the, when the ending was revealed and they show it again, there's no way in hell. Yeah, there's no like way a, in hell. She's like what, like 105 pounds? Yeah, and just, it wouldn't do that. Yeah. But First that's, one. that's not even as bad as just trying to wrap your head around how in the world she is in her room and at the front door at the same time. Oh my God. One of those things can't have happened. Either she wasn't in the room at all, or maybe she... Didn't even know Alex and just found this family or something like that. Yeah. But clearly she's in the car from earlier. Yes. So. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> That's already problem number one. Problem yeah. number two. Same scene. Mm-hmm. She's in the room with Alex. Definitely in the room with Alex because mm-hmm. Alex is reacting to her. Right? Yeah. However, at the exact same time, the killer shoots and kills her little brother, Alex's little brother. Yes. She cannot be both in the room with Alex and in the cornfield at the same time. I mean, the first three kills in the movie, right? None of them make sense anymore. Yeah, it is three kills because the dog dies. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, God dang it. (laughs) I I keep doing that. It's like, hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, God, I remember what I said. Okay, yeah. The mother, that's the only one that makes the littlest of sense because she says, why me? Mm-hmm. And that, that, make, that leads you to believe that she did it. Yeah, and the killer and her are in the same room at the same time. Yeah, and, oh, So God. you can kind of, like, make logic that her, you know, she distanced herself from those kills. Yeah. Because she's in the same room. If she saw all the kills happen yeah, and was in the room at the same time, you could explain away by being like, she, you know, she created this person to you know, distance herself from what she actually did, you that would work. But because she doesn't even see the first kill happen, she doesn't even know no. how it happened. You know what I mean? Ugh. And then she's hiding and she's doing all these things while the killer's walking around, killing the next person. It's like that makes no sense. It does not. Next big plot hole: Where did this truck come from? Right, this truck clearly exists. And okay. This truck. Yeah. Alex, right, Alex. That's put the, in the truck. Yeah. Okay, she's put into this truck. Mm-hmm. And clearly our main character, Marie, is um not in this truck at the moment. No. And of course there's one point when she's in the truck. Yeah. And then they get to the gas station. Uh-huh. When they're at the gas station, she gets a car whenever the truck drives away. Yeah, we ain't even here there yet. There's still plot holes oh, before oh, yeah. that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so at the very beginning of the movie, we see this killer getting head from a head. <laughs> yeah. Hence my little opening hint at what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
is that supposed to be Al- Marie? I mean, is Marie even know Alex? Well, clearly she does because they're in the car together. I mean, I guess it's not impossible to get. Okay, hold on. Uh huh. If she's the one in the truck. Yeah. I guess it's not impossible for her to do this to herself with this bought this head. Well, that's not even what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. But she's clearly in the car. Yeah. See, there's a line at the end. Of the, we'll get to that. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a line that had they said it would have almost made the twist work. But we'll get there. Okay. Now, what you're talking about. Oh, Jesus Christ. You can explain this one. Cause <laughs> okay. So, as I, as I said, truck, they're at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Uh, killer. Killer. Her. Drives away. <laughs> yeah. Her, she drives away. And then somehow ends up getting in the yellow car and follows, follows them. herself. Who's driving the car? Who's driving the truck? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, because clearly they both exist. Yeah. And, okay, they get to the place, mm-hmm. and the truck ends up behind her. Yeah. Crashes into her, because uh-huh. her flying off this like ledge thing, whatever. But the truck definitely existed. Yeah, the truck is in the movie. Whenever the, she opens, oh. she gets the saw out of the truck. Okay, yeah. Um, she gets launched over to this like hill thing, crashes, uh-huh. and gets beat up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if later on in the movie when this ending is revealed, uh-huh. you could have made that work a little bit if you didn't keep all this damage on her, because she does not get stabbed or anything by this the killer. Yeah, at all. Yeah. So, she shows up later on in the movie with all these cuts and shit. How in the hell did, did that even the... happen? Yeah, I guess she just stabbed herself. <laughs> well, why? <laughs> Wait, where did it show that at? Um, she Son like, of a bitch. Yeah, once the twist is revealed, everything goes to hell and back. And honestly, the two men you gotta blame is our director slash writer and M. Night Shyamalan for this shit. Well, this was a theory of mine. I mean, it, it's hard not to see it. Because um, this was around the time that M. Night Shyamalan definitely was th- you know, at his height. Yeah, and he's doing all these And it seemed and like terms. every movie at the time had to have a twist, and maybe that's where this went wrong. But it's still not like the studio was like, you got to have a twist. I don't think that's what happened. They don't seem to like... The, I feel like Alexander Aja and them... Like, I feel like a lot of people like just completely ignore the fact that this twist ruins this movie. Yeah. Cause let's talk about the ending, the very, very ending. So we see her in a mental okay. institution, right? <sighs> and Alex is looking at her through, you know, two way a two way mirror, right? Mm. Or is it one way mirror? I it's can't supposed to be a one way mirror, I guess. But I don't remember really the term. Answered. It's the one where you can see in, but they can't see out, right? Yeah. And uh, she's like, "Can she see me?" Mm. Had she said, "Can he see me?" Yeah. You could have been like, there never was a Marie, right? Mm-hmm. This was all a delusion in this sick man's head that he saw Alex and created this person in his mind who was best friends, mm-hmm. right? And this whole scenario was only in his head. Yeah, but he was the one who came and killed the family and kidnapped her. And, you know, it's he, still ugh. it's still a stretch, but way less of a stretch. Mm-hmm. With one simple line, this movie could that ending could have been salvaged. Itself. Yeah, but because it's definitely her, it's definitely Marie. 
then who's in the truck? Who's in the car? Because if Marie didn't exist, you could be like, there never was a car. Would you like to hear um, the second, the last three notes on here? Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. And originally on Ledbox, mm. I gave this thing a four. Yeah. When we talked about this after you watched it, yeah, I, I dropped it down to a three. Yeah. Um. And you know what? If you like this ending, good on you. Fine. Yeah. We ain't. You know, if you love this movie, this is like your favorite horror movie ever. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. But to me, these things are just so unforgivable that it, it for myself, and myself, it cannot get above like a like if I was to rate which we don't rate but if I did it would be like a three just because yeah. everything else is so good but this is so bad I mean and like I said like had she said can he see me it would have worked a little then bit then it would have mean Marie never existed and that a lot of this stuff was just fantasy hmm. in this psychotic guy's head but because it's definitely her and she definitely existed it leads you to who drove the car who was the guy in the truck at the beginning of the movie? Where did the truck come from? You know? I mean, we, after, we're watching it in hindsight. Because it's not like she meets Marie somewhere. They came together. Yeah. So the truck... Where did the truck come from? It came from nowhere. And clearly, like, if the truck... Like, they could have easily saved that, too. If the truck didn't even exist and she was in the, the trunk in front of the car. But, or something like that. Something. Oh, it was so important for that line to be like, "Can't he see me?" Yeah, but I mean, it could have easily been a little. Because I was writing my notes, right? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. And I was like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Is Marie? Did does the does the the killer never existed, or does Marie never existed? Right? Yeah. Because to me, that's so important in how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And once she's like, "Can she see me?" I'm like. Ruined. That? Ruined. <laughs> like one line could have salvaged that movie. One line. Mm-hmm. Because if Marie never existed, then you can be like, he saw Alex somewhere and created this elaborate fantasy in his head where he was like friends with her, but in reality was the actual killer, oh. you know, <laughs> that he was like split personality. Because that's what they're getting at in this is that she's like a split personality, mm. but it doesn't work because. Marie exists. They knew each other. They were best friends. They drove to their parents with each other. Where'd the truck come from? <laughs> I mean, you could have easily. There's, there's two ways you could have done this. Either when you cut back to the quote unquote truck, mm-hmm. it was the car. But even then, I feel like that's a stretch. I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. When you like, she opens the trunk and finds her. Mm-hmm. Or you could have done it in a different way where. She was in the this truck with Alex the entire time. I guess, but where did the truck come from? I don't know. If the killer never existed, which is what we we know, right? Yeah. Where did the truck come from? <laughs> where <laughs> did she kill Matt, at the beginning? Matt. Yeah. Where did the truck come from? I don't know where the truck came from. I don't know where the stupid piece of shit truck came from. <laughs> it bothers me so bad. It, yeah, it bothers me too. I'm trying to make sense of it. And you can't. You can't. You just can't. Like, I was talking to... And here's what's even more mind-boggling. They doubled down on this truck thing too. Yeah. Because it, it shows it's like, again. Where, where did the truck come from? Mm. 
And if she is the killer, yeah, right? How did she load that giant ass saw in the? Tr- like, where did that come from? Right. Like out of nowhere, it's like this truck. She didn't have this truck. How'd you know there was a goddamn saw in it? <laughs> and the cover is, of this DVD is so misleading. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, she fights the killer with the saw. No, she's the killer. And it's like, the saw makes it so much worse because it's like, okay, so this truck, that shouldn't exist. Yeah. has a saw in it that she just somehow knows is in there. Yeah. It's just, it sucks. It sucks so bad that, that this ending is so bad. The way you could have saved this movie. And if this ending just didn't happen... If the ending if the just ending didn't happen. Was the killer getting killed or he came back and you know they start fighting each other or whatever and she gets the saw and then you could have the saw come and play if you really wanted to. When she saves Alex, uh, that should have just been the ending. Yeah. Right. No, but no, they had to have a twist. And if you wanted a twist, maybe the twist was also and then the door shut and you're like, Oh shit, she didn't kill him. Right. Or it was maybe a hallucination or something like that. It would been a lot it would been stupid too, but Yeah. This is even more stupid. <laughs> it just—it's a movie that did not need a twist ending to begin no. with. No. And then there's so many places where the twist ending could have been saved, but still logically stretching it. But like I said, once once she's like, "Can she see me?" It doesn't. That work. every logic is gone because that truck should not exist. Because <laughs> no. they came together in Alex's car. Yep. She never left the house except for to sit on a swing. Yeah. She never had time. That truck was showed before they even got there. <sighs> that truck should not exist. <laughs> that, that's, like, if we get March, that should be our shirt. That <laughs> truck should not exist. High tension. That truck should not exist. <laughs> no, it shouldn't exist. There's no reason for this ending. This please, ending- please explain to me. If you were out there and you love this movie, like I said... We're not trying to crap on you. No, no, If you no, no. love this movie, awesome. I'm happy. We're not crapping on the fans here. We're crapping on the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we're not crapping on the movie. We like the movie. Yeah, we like the movie, but God dang, it, it hurts itself so What bad. I'm saying is, like, I'm not out here to, like, try to make someone dislike the movie. If no. you like the movie, awesome. Enjoy the movie. I yeah. would much rather like a movie than dislike a movie. <laughs> you know? Of course. Right? So, it's like, but if you really love this ending... Please, 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 please email me and tell me where the truck came from. Because <laughs> to me, out of all the plot holes, right? Even the, like, who's driving the car, right? Yeah. Which is a massive one as well. And the knock at the door and all that garbage. Oh, and it's the truck in the car. Well, the biggest plot hole is where did this truck come from? Okay. Because someone clearly was driving the truck at the beginning of the I movie. I mean, the car definitely could exist because it, it, it does exist at the gas station. Yeah. And she could have easily took that from the gas station. But this truck... That truck, man. Is it shown at the farm? Well, here's the biggest thing. is like It showed at the very beginning of the movie with the guy getting the head from the head, right? <laughs> yeah. Head Which, head. if he was just the killer... Yeah. And Maria never existed, and Maria never was in that car, actually. That was all in this guy's head, right? Mm. Sure, that truck can exist. But with Maria being the killer, who the hell was getting head from the head, and where was that truck? And don't tell me it wasn't the killer, because it was. We see him. It is the guy that shows up at the house. 
<laughs> oh, God. My head hurts from just trying to make sense of this. That truck should not... That it, truck should not exist. That truck should have been a ladder in the 2K games whenever you smashed them. Yeah. It should have disappeared. It should have yeah. been gone. I don't... Because it's like, not only... That truck just shouldn't exist. Like, and then at the end when she's getting her out of it and getting the saw out of it, it's like, why? Why do you know this? I mean, unless... You never had access to this truck. No. <laughs> also... And don't tell me when she disappeared on the, st- the, on the swing she went and got in the truck. Well, how was she in the truck and the car at the same time at the beginning of the movie? How was she in Getting the truck? Getting head from a head. <laughs> how was she in the truck, the car, and in the house at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> Explain yourself, movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that was a long rant. Well, how long is it? About an hour and 20 minutes. We've been about 20 minutes on. Oh, that's fine. So. I mean. But again, if you love High Tension, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make you dislike the movie. If you, if you love this movie. Good. Good on you. Have fun with it. If you love this ending. Have fun. How, how, you know. I would love to discuss it. Yeah, of course. You know, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to attack you. No. I just want your opinion on it. I mean, I'm not going to. Like I had a discussion with someone about this who had seen the movie as well and tried to just to justify the ending. I was like, it doesn't really make sense, but I mean, if you like the ending, that's fine. It's fine, perfectly fine. We're not out here to be assholes and no, you know, ruin your movie. Um, I just, I promise, I'm not a dick in real the life. The truck, the truck kills me. <laughs> yeah, the truck. Oof. That truck is the biggest like. That's like my rosebud. Rosebud. On my deathbed, I'm like, we're out of the truck. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to look around that to me. I don't know. <laughs> Why is there a truck? Why is the truck there? It just dies. <laughs> what is truck? <laughs> I, need, I need to see that movie. Eh. I know you're not the biggest it's fan okay. of it, but I could like it. So, the next episode. Yeah. Pre-70s Extreme. Jigoku. Yes. Horrors of the malformed men. On Jeanette Lucia, you already forgot him. Yeah, and eyes without a face. Yeah, there you go. Exciting stuff. All foreign again, and French. Really? They're all French? No, two Japanese, one oh. French. Yeah. Oh, Jeanette Lucia may be French, too. Maybe. It's a short film. Yeah, it, it's shorter, so. Yeah, so. Sorry for this long rant. Yeah. It had to happen, though. <laughs> it, we had to do it to him. It had to happen. Uh, so that's Bay's Moy, that's Irreversible, that's High Tension. Somewhere down the road we will return and do Inside, Martyrs, and Frontiers. And of course, with every series we do when it comes to Part 1s, because this is definitely a Part 1, yep. there'll be def- def- definitely more sequels Oh yeah, to come. Yes. We, with a lot of these series, it'll be... Yeah, don't forget Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, don't for, <laughs> don't think we forgot about Massacre. We're gonna be returning to Massacre yeah, down the road. Don't think we forgot about Ruffies either, dog. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, we will do the part twos and part threes and everything oh, to these Christ films Ruffies. as we go along, as we you know journey into the. And I've been me, me and John here working on the schedule a little bit, and we already have an idea for a part two. Yep. So, anyway. And, uh, you know, hopefully our upload schedule will get more consistent. Yeah, I mean, th- this is not your fault. It's not my fault. Mm. This is just bad timing. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to try to teach you 
how to edit. So that <laughs> in the future, because the, the recording's never been the problem. It's always been the editing. Yes. Because we have to go somewhere to edit. Because and this time it kind of was the recording because you had to... Well, that, it was basically because I was just exhausted, but... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Seven days straight's a lot. <laughs> I mean... Thing about the thing is, Moods probably like posers. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I watched like three. That's because Moods is the man. Moods is the man. He will always be the man. We, we love you, bro. So a couple shout outs at the end here. Let's always give a shout out to Rain Architect who did her awesome theme song. Uh, of course. And uh, if you're in the East Tennessee area and you like pro wrestling, why not give NGW a try at Newport, yeah. Tennessee? Um, Very good company. Oh, we had a blast. Mm-hmm. Also... Shout out to the band Paul Bear. Which we'll be seeing in March. Also, a bit of a coincidence here that we found out. March 29th. Yep. The day we go see Paul Bear. Is the one year anniversary of yeah. this podcast. Yeah, pretty awesome. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one year. Yep. It's hard to believe, man. 22 Shots and Moods of Horror are awesome, too. Oh, my God. They've been keeping me entertained for the last, like, <laughs> week and a half. Grandpa's back. He's dead this time. Oh, my God. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which we watched that yesterday. It was very good. Yeah, it was, it was a really good movie. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow us on uh, the social media, is that pretty much out? Sick on cinema everywhere. Yeah, sick on cinema at gmail dot com. If you want to talk to us, uh, and uh, other than that, we will see you next time with classic disturbing cinema. Yeah. So I'm John. I'm Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. <laughs> Sing on cinema. <laughs> oh my god. Sing on cinema. You come okay. out here wearing a wetsuit. When are you going to go swimming? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> right now, at this moment, you're at this very time that is now. Right, right, right now. They mentioned right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're bearing witness right now <laughs> to the genesis. Right is now. It, uh, right now <laughs> of Sigrid Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> no one else is going to get that. No one else is going to get that besides us. <laughs>